0: All right, go ahead and take your Bibles tonight, and we are going to start out in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11 tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 11, I do. Man, I appreciate everybody being out so much, you know, not being so carnal that they're going to miss service of the Super Bowl. Nobody asked me to change the service. Nobody asked me to cancel the service. Usually, I think people pray for snowstorms. On Super Bowl Sunday, uh, hoping the service will get canceled then, or that you know, have excuse me, I got snowed in, and uh, you know, none of those. So, but uh, I do, I appreciate that. I'm going to try not to preach real long tonight. But I, um, last couple weeks, we've kind of been off subject. Uh, we've been talking about fam- uh, doing messages for the family on Sunday nights for a while, and we are going to be back on that tonight. And I want to try to do a message. Really, it's kind of on parenting, but there's some things that we can all get from this. That I think will be a help to us, just some principles that we see in the Bible that hopefully will help us, uh, all of us, just understand the Bible better, understand how things work, and just how life is. There's some really good lessons we can learn here. But in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26, God speaking, and He says, "Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day." And a curse if ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. So notice how God set before them a blessing and a curse. Now you might think, why did God, you know, people have asked me this before, you know, why does, you know, why did God create a world where there could be evil? Well, it's called choice. And a lot of times, people, they don't like the fact that there's evil and that there's sin in the world. But then at the same time, they don't like the idea of a God who's all-powerful and in control and whose word is the final authority either. And it's like, listen, you you can't have it both ways, okay? And God does give us a choice. God, right here in this passage, He said, I set before you a blessing and a curse. They've got two things to choose from. And he tells them, hey, if you make the right choice, you're going to be blessed. But if you make the wrong choice, well, you're going to get the curses that come with it. It's going to be bad. And tonight, I don't want to talk about choices and consequences. Because throughout the Bible, we see God giving people choices. Throughout the Bible, we see man making bad choices. And the truth is, as humans, we don't have a real good track record when it comes to making good choices. But... The fact is, God made us with a free will and we do have choices. Hey, He started out that way. Go back in Genesis. Adam and Eve. God get put in the midst of the Garden of Eden, He put a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. What was He doing? He was setting a blessing before them and a curse. He was setting a choice before them. And what did they choose? They chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. As a result of that, they died spiritually. Eventually, they died physically. We have all the sin that we do in the world today. It came in by man's sin, and it all started by them making a bad choice. And people look at that story sometimes, and they will. They'll ask the question, why did God even put that tree in the garden? And I I believe it's because He's a holy God. He's a just God. And I believe part of being holy demands that He give us a choice. And so he didn't just create robots that we that he winds up and we do whatever. But God set before Israel a blessing and a curse. Think about this: the prodigal son. Okay, because we're going to be talking about parents here. The the story of the prodigal son. Notice his father didn't stop him from going on his long journey, did he? His father didn't stop him. His father allowed him. He allowed him to go. He divided the portion. He gave it to him. He let him make that bad choice, didn't he? But, uh, you know, and that bad choice it ended up costing him, didn't he? It's like, well, you know, the father just shouldn't let him go. He shouldn't have given him the money. Well, the father gave him the choice there. Go ahead and turn over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And when that wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and lying signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. This is talking about during the tribulation, there's going to be those who they didn't receive the love of the truth. They didn't make the right choice. They didn't accept salvation because today, God has set before us you know, salvation. You can either believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, or you can not believe and you can die and go to hell. And eventually, okay, Jesus Christ is going to return after Satan does all his powers and signs and lying wonders. After all those things happen, God's finally going to reach Jesus Christ. He's going to return in the clouds. He's going to take us to heaven. And these people will not be saved. Those people that get left behind, they will not be saved. And it says in verse 11, And "...for this cause." For what cause? For the cause of them not accepting the gift of salvation. Because they made the wrong choice, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Today, God has set before the world a choice for people to make. And people who make the wrong choice, they're going to suffer for it, aren't they? It's the way it's always been from Adam and Eve till the end of the tribulation. There's choices. And there's a good choice and there's a bad choice. There's not a whole bunch of choices, okay? There's really... Two choices. Choose Christ, reject Christ. And it's always been that way. It'll always be that way. And whenever people make the right the wrong choice, there are consequences for those things. And so we see that throughout the Bible. God the Father, He gives us choices. He does not make us, He does not force us to make the right choice, does He? He He sets it out before us. Now He does a lot of things. To get us to make the right choices, doesn't he? He warns us. He gives us, you know, we have the scriptures where he warned people. He warned Israel what would happen. He told Adam and Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you'll surely die. He's told the world, if you reject Christ, there is a place called hell where you will spend eternity. He's told us all those things. He's warned us of all those things. And we've got to understand that, you know, there's, People think, ah, no, there's, there's got to be some loophole. There's got to be a way out. People have a hard time accepting the fact that there's just two choices. They have the, a hard time accepting the fact that there are consequences for making the wrong choices. And I believe part of the reason for that is a result of how people have been raised. And I think sometimes Christians, especially in the way we parent we almost make things worse for our kids and harder, sometimes maybe, than even lost people do. And I'm going to show you why here just a little bit. But even though God gives us choice, we need to understand when we make the wrong choice, Okay, we don't just get the fun of the sin, the pleasure of sin. We get all the consequences that come with it. Even as believers, even though you're saved, if you sin, you will suffer for it on earth. You're not going to suffer in eternity, but on earth you'll suffer for it. If you go and rob a bank, okay, the Lord will allow the police to come and arrest you and throw you in prison. And you can make all the claims in the world that you're saved and that it's under the blood. And you know what? That judge isn't going to care. They're going to throw you in the slammer. And God's not going to deliver you like He did Peter and like He did Paul and Silas. He will let you rot in that prison for what you've done. And I believe too, there's two things that parents today are doing that's causing them to raise Sorry, kids. Because so, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people. All right, I mean, you know, being a pastor, you talk to a lot of people. You know, I I work around a lot of people. I am just a talker by nature. I mean, I I talk to people all the time. I go out knocking doors, and and I, I talk to people. You know, there's, I'm always talking to somebody. I'm just a talker. Okay, I think that's part of being a preacher. And You all know that because <laughs> you listen to it all the time. So you you know, I'm telling you the truth here. But you do, you really, I've learned from talking to people that they do, people just struggle with, they can't accept the fact there's just two choices. They think there's a million choices. And people cannot, many people struggle with, you know, there being a clear cut right and wrong, definite consequences. You know, There's got to be a way way out. There's got to be loopholes and things. And I'm here today to just tell you there aren't. It really is this cut and dry. It really is this simple. There are two choices. There's, there's And there are the consequences are heaven for the right choice and hell for the wrong choice. It's that simple. And so how does this apply to parenting? All right, What can we learn as parents from this? Because I believe there's a couple things that parents are doing that is hurting them when it comes to raising their kids. And the first one is they never give their kids choices. Okay? Now don't get ahead of me here and don't get me wrong. All right, so you know, brother Tommy, are you saying as parents we should just let our kids do whatever they want? Absolutely not, okay? But we do need to give our kids choices. You see, you know, at, at first to a certain extent they don't get to choose, okay? When they're little, obviously you do have to force some things on them. I mean, how many of you think your your kids would brush their teeth regularly? If you didn't make them, okay? I've told you all here before, you know, my kids, they have, they've struggled with remembering to brush their teeth and stuff. And I got sick of it years ago. And I went online and I just Googled, you know, gross pictures of teeth. And I made, I had, I made my kids look at all these disgusting pictures of just nasty teeth. And you know what? I didn't have to tell them to brush their teeth for quite a while after that, man. They wanted, they wanted to brush their teeth because they didn't want their teeth looking like that. You know, they didn't know yet. A lot of those people were probably on meth and things like that. They got it that nasty. But at the same time, you know, hey, this is the consequences of not brushing your teeth. And not only that, you're going to be in trouble with me too. So, uh, you know, I want them to learn. You need, because one of these days, they're going to grow up and I can't, I can't make them brush their teeth. When they grow up and they're out of the house as a parent, I can't call them up and say, "Hey, you guys, brush your teeth this morning, all right?" I mean, I guess I could, but that'd be pretty bad. I shouldn't have to do those things. But you've got to—you know—there are some things that you have to make them do at first. I mean, how many of you think your kids would go to school if you gave them that choice? Okay. Obviously, there are some things, especially while they're young, that you do have to force. Upon them. You know, you might have to force them to eat their vegetables and things like that. But here's the thing eventually, you've got to get to the point where, as a parent, you're giving them choices as kind of a way to test them, to see how things are going, to see how they think, as a way to train them. You see, as parents, we're not just there to give commands, we're there to train. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he was old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Did you all see that part there? And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay, I think that's the goal of every parent. You want your kids to continue doing the things that you taught them. I hope my kids continue to brush their teeth for the rest of their life. I really do. You know, I hope they, you know, eat their vegetables. I hope they do those things that are healthy. You know, I I hope they continue to to learn and uh you know, be responsible. But if that's going to happen, I have to train them. I can't just give commands. Because eventually the day's going to come where I can't command them anymore. I mean, legally when they turn 18, okay, I've, when a kid turns 18, I'm not. They shouldn't just up and leave home. They shouldn't just up and forget everything their parents tell them. But you know what? Legally in America, they can, can't they? When your kids turn 18, legally, they can leave you and do whatever they want. And so, before they turn 18, I need to do something as a parent to train them. That way, when they do turn 18, maybe they'll make some good choices. And if they've never made any choices... When they are 18, why would I think they're going to start making good choices at 18? And that's happening all the time. Parents sometimes, they are. They're so good at just giving commands, telling their kids what to do, never actually doing any training, and then all of a sudden their kids get old enough where they can leave home and they just make one foolish decision after another and the parents can't figure out what's going on. Well, maybe maybe they weren't trained. Maybe maybe you didn't train them, and I believe we need to give them choices. You see, they kids need to know why they're doing the things that they're doing. Look at Psalm chapter thirty-two, verse eight. It says, "I will instruct thee." Okay, that's part of the giving commands. That's part of you know telling them what to do. You do that to your kids, all right? I'm going to instruct you kids. You know, you're going to go to school. You're going to study. You know, you're gonna read kids. You are not gonna play TV all day, and you you instruct them. You tell them, and then you, you know you teach them too. You know, here's why you guys don't just sit around and watch TV all day. It's gonna make you stupid. You'll be an idiot. You'll be a lazy couch potato. You know, you'll fall for all the stuff they're pushing on TV. And You'll be like one of these brain dead zombies walking around the world today. You know, and you you, you do you do that to those your kids. You're trying to teach them. You know, you give them examples. I know this is terrible. Y'all might think I'm a terrible person, but you know what? I like to give visual illustrations, you know, whenever you, and whenever you see people out in the community that are just a poor spectacle of humanity, you know, you, you point them out and you let the kids know this is why we don't let you do the things you do. You know that, you know that kid that you saw that was just completely out of control in town and was screaming and his parents couldn't figure out what to do? You know why that kid acts like that? His mom and dad don't spank them. Do you guys want to turn out like that? You know, that's what's going to happen. We saw We go to the post office every Sunday night. You know, we drop off the bills and things there. And there's a couple bars over by there. And we've seen some people that are drunk and staggering around and stuff. And you know, we taught our kids when you see that, hey, you know what those people are? Those people are zombies. What? Yeah, and they do. They, they walk around like zombies and act like zombies. And, and I was like, that. yeah, there's really zombies. So, Ali, she knows she's seen him. We were in Moline one time and we saw a zombie in broad daylight walking down the street. I mean, he looked just like a zombie from a movie the way he was walking around and stuff. Clearly on drugs or intoxicated or something. And I was like, yeah, you know where zombies come from? It comes from people who drink beer. It comes from people who take drugs. It turns them into zombies. <laughs> and yeah, Maybe that's slightly exaggerated, but hey, I'm t- it's only slightly exaggerated, isn't it? There's consequences for doing that type of thing. You know, these people, their lives are miserable, their lives stink because they do these things, and you guys want to stay away from that stuff because that is the result. That could be you. You could be, you could be walking around, staggering around. We saw the guy the one night, he was, man, he's just struggling to walk down the street, looked like a zombie. And we pointed out to the kids, and we're like, let's go, let's go see him again. And we drove around the block and went and drove by him the second time, and he had stopped by these stairs and was sitting there, and he was on the phone calling somebody. I think he was probably calling somebody telling him, come pick me up. I, I can't get home on my own. And, you know, just pathetic. Pathetic. You know, it's pathetic. People are pathetic when they're drunk. People are pathetic when they're high on drugs. It's a horrible, horrible thing to see. It's a horrible state to be in. They don't take care of their families. I like for my kids to you know, go with me visiting places and see the homes of some of these people whose lives are controlled by drugs and alcohol. Let them see what it's like in these houses. I've been in many of these houses. I've been in the houses before that just reeked of who knows what because I, I, don't, you know, I don't know my drugs real well. And you'll go and you'll see the animals all over the place and you'll see the dog mess all over the floor. I've been in these places over and over again and these people are there as a result of bad choices that they made. And we've got to show people there are consequences for these type of things. This is not just don't do drugs because I said so. This is not just don't drink beer because I said so. That's not going to be enough because if you just when it comes to when it comes to alcohol, okay? As a parent, you can go tell your kids don't drink alcohol because I said so, but here's the thing. They're going to go home tonight and watch a Super Bowl and they're going to see a whole bunch of beer commercials showing people having just a great, wonderful time. And those beer commercials are probably going to be really funny. And they're going to enjoy those. And it's going to be entertaining. And you're going to get all kinds of counter-programming from the rest of the world. From their friends. From people at school. From the movies that they watch. They need to see reality. You've got to teach them Hollywood is not reality. This is the result. This is what... It is really like... And people sometimes, they get, they get their families living in these little you know bubbles and they're so sheltered. They have no idea what's out there. They've never made any choices. They've never seen the consequences of sin. And I believe they need to see that. Because I'm telling you, they're going to get to a certain age and eventually they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to get a job. And everybody that they work with is going to talk about it all the drinking and stuff they do and how much fun it is. And they just might fall for that. My job, when I started working out there, I was talking to one of the guys. they there, there in the freezer and it was a rough day. I'm, I'm, I mean, I was just I was tired. And I talked to one of the guys. I was like, man, how do you guys do this all the time? And he just looked at me and he said, lots and lots of beer. <laughs> that was his answer. And, you know, I knew better than that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a young person, younger person, well, maybe there's something to it. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I did. I figured out a way to deal with it, other than beer. It's called I went part time. But anyway, that's another that's another thing. But uh, there are there are choices, and we've got to show them. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be that, be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, because he trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Sorrows to the wicked. Don't be like a horse and a bridle. You know, you shouldn't have to get beat with a whip all the time. You know, eventually kids, they shouldn't have to get spanked anymore. Okay, if you still got to spank your kid when they're 17, 18 years old, there's something wrong with that. Okay, That should have been taken care of a long time ago. If they constantly have to have pain inflicted on them, if they have to have the cops coming and picking them up regularly, there's something wrong with that. That stuff should have been taken care of when they were a child. But some people, they're stubborn. They're just stubborn. And we've got, we've got to make sure we train them, instruct them. They need to know why they are doing what they do. Obviously, with a lot of things too, it's all in timing. You can't explain everything to your kids. I mean, look, there's some disgusting things out there. You can't just sit down when your kids are 7, 8 years old, and even 10, 11 years old, and explain, hey kids, this is why you can't just go out and about all by yourself. Because there's perverts out there, and then go into detail on what them perverts do. Obviously, you don't want to you can't do that with a kid. They need to trust you, but eventually, at some point, they are going to have to learn what's out there and the dangers that are out there, so they will they can protect themselves. Because mom and dad, you can't protect them forever. You know, eventually, they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to be out there in the world, and so they need to be warned of the consequences of not doing the right thing. And the verse we read in Deuteronomy chapter eleven. He made it very clear what the results would be if they did not accept the blessing. If they accepted the curse, He's like, I'm I'm going to come after you. You're going to be punished. You're going to suffer if you do these things. And so, as parents, you do. You have to train them you have to instruct them they need to know why as they get older you know I'm not going to get up here and give you a timeline of what they need to know and when they need to know it but as a parent you are going to have to pay attention you're going to have to make sure that you're preparing them for these things and unfortunately today too you know you almost have to you know kids are losing their innocence so young and you almost have to talk with kids about things at early ages that you really don't want to and especially you know if they're around lost people a lot, if they're in the public school, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to address at at an early age. You know that thankfully my parents didn't have to address those things until a later age. I'm really glad they didn't. But uh, it is um, the, this world's just getting so dirty. It's getting so disgusting, and we've got to be ready. And then what you you, do, you give them choices as a parent. You, hey, let's I want to see how my kid operates. I want to see what he does. I'm going to give him a little bit of freedom and see what happens. I'm going to observe. Hey, let's let's practice. Let's give them a little bit of responsibility. Let's give them something to do. Let's see how they can handle it. You know, give them chores, give them projects to do. All of these are training things. These you know, give them give them jobs to do. And if they don't do a good job, there needs to be a consequence for that, because eventually they're gonna they're gonna have to get a real job, aren't they? And they need to learn how to complete a task. They need to learn how to do a good job, because that takes us to the next point. You know, as parents, sometimes we we don't give them any choices because we're so scared they might make the wrong one, but we never give them any as a result, they never get any practice, they never get any training, and you've got to do that. Practice with your kids. But then the next thing parents do is they try to protect them from consequences when they make bad choices. You don't see God doing that, do you? I mean, when they made those wrong choices, He went through in the consequences, didn't they? Adam and Eve, they eventually died, didn't they? God didn't look like, oh, man, I really don't want this to happen. So, you know, I changed my mind. All right, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you one more chance. Go ahead. Alright, I'm going to put you back in the garden. We're going to forget about what you did. And can you please try, try to pick the other tree this time? Hey, it was too late. They already ate of that fruit. Their eyes were open. They saw that they were naked. The damage had been done. There were no do-overs. And parents do that all the time with their kids. They don't want them to have to deal with any consequences. And they protect them from it. And it's like people, they have this mentality. Ah, you know, I can get away with it. Uh, I'll, I'll be able to get out of it. And it, unfortunately, we live in an unjust world and people, they commit crimes all the time and they get away with it. I mean, sometimes they even go to court for those things. And they will be found not guilty when they didn't do it. But when it comes to standing before the righteous judge, okay, he's going to get it right every time. And apparently, they try to protect them from the consequences when they made bad choices. See, we have a tendency... It's just—it's ah, a human nature thing to go easy on our children, don't we? Well, go to Deuteronomy chapter thirteen, the very next chapter, Deuteronomy chapter two chapters, uh, chapter thirteen, and this is one of the more harsh passages in the Bible. This is—I'm just going to admit this is a tough one to swallow. Okay, now understand too—you know we are not—I'm uh, not saying that this is how things need to be done. I do believe. That, uh, you know, we have grace, we're allowed to forgive, but listen, listen to what God told them back in Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 6. If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or the son of thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, okay? So it mean, the closest family members, your husband, your wife, your children, your best friend, okay? If they, if any of these people entice thee secretly, Okay, secretly. This is private. This is just between you and them. Nobody else knows about it. Privately, they come to you saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thine eye pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people, and thou shalt stone him with stones that he die, because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do more any such wickedness that is among you. Whoa! Now let me tell you something about that law right there. While that's harsh, that would work. And that's why God said to do that. If you would do this, all of Israel's going to hear about it, and they are going to get scared, and they're not going to do it. You know why people aren't scared to commit a lot of the crimes that they commit today? Because you get slapped on the wrist for it. It's no big deal. I can, I can do the time. I can do whatever. But God said here, hey, thine eye shall not pity him. Thou shalt surely kill him. Now, who wants to do that to their wife or their child or their best friend? Who wants to do that type of thing? And he knows how he threw in there, thou shalt not pity him, because he knew that's what we would want to do. Okay? Now, thank God, I do not believe as parents we are supposed to kill our kids for anything that they do. Okay? Uh, I do not believe there is any reason as a parent that you should kill your children, okay? Now, you should kill them in the sense that we do all the time, you, you know, you're going to be killed if you do this, and then, you know, and then that just usually means some other type of harsh punishment that doesn't really involve killing, okay? That's okay. But, yeah, we don't kill our children. Thank God for that we don't have to kill our children. However, there should be some consequences when they make bad choices. You are not doing them any favors by taking away the consequences. You are warping their mind. You're warping their thinking. And you are going to affect other decisions that they make in the future because they're going to be so used to getting out of consequences. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 8. It says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crime. Okay? Now in our house... I, I hate crying okay i've tried to teach my kids crying doesn't help anything okay I, i'm annoyed by crying i'm not an emotional person uh if i if i don't like crying movies i, I don't like crying okay now, if y'all are emotional and crying i'm not mad at you or anything but i especially hate crying when it's crying out of anger and crying because they're mad or crying because they're hurt you know maybe i'm not merciful they'll, you know they'll get hurt it's like all right stop crying you know the crying's not making you feel better you know, and uh you know but at the same time when you especially when you see a broken heart okay as a parent you know, it, that does do something to you okay the brat crying that's another thing that's most of the crying that goes on in our house is what I would call brat crying okay but real crying okay I mean imagine seeing your child standing before a judge and get sentenced to prison that'd be tough wouldn't it you know, and there, are, and sometimes the crying man, it just does something to us. I man, I can't do that. I can't practice that tough love. I can't do that to them. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will not be doing them any favors. The Bible says, "Let not thy soul spare for his crying." It's it's what we want to do, but you are hurting them. You're kind of warping their mind. We can't just sit around and let things go. We're not going to take time to turn there, but remember Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli the priest, they were wicked. They made themselves vile. They caused God's people to transgress. They did one wicked thing after another, and God got mad at Eli, at Eli the father because He restrained them not, the Bible says. All three of them ended up dying, Hophni and Phinehas, because they did all the sinning, but then Eli died too because He didn't restrain them. He didn't do anything to stop them, and I'm going to tell you right now that sometimes parents they just get lazy. They don't do anything about it. They just don't want to deal. Do, I don't want to deal with it. Listen, that's part of training. Training, it's a lot of work for the kids, and it's a lot of work for the parents too. And it's necessary. It's part of your job. You can't just let things go. The goal is not to anger them, but the goal is to help them. Ephesians 6, 4, you know, says, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And then Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21, he's kind of saying a lot of the same stuff in here, but uh, there's a little uh, extra detail in there. It says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Okay? It's not just about making them mad. It's just not. It's not just about making them cry and making them scream. You do that, you can discourage them. You can you can anger them. You know the consequences obviously need to be fair. Okay, you know if they do one little thing, you know they spill their milk. You know don't ground them for three years. All right, that's probably just provoking them to wrath. They're going to get discouraged and they're going to think you know there's no hope of winning with my parents. Okay, there uh, there's got to be hope for them. They've got to feel like they have a chance to you know make you happy. That they can do something right, but they need to experience consequences. They need to see the blessings for making good choices. But then they also need, uh, they need to see the consequences for bad choices. You see, one of the things I'm seeing a lot, and especially with these younger generations, they go and they get jobs at places and they don't show up for work. And now I think most of you all in here are responsible enough to know that you don't show up for work on a regular basis You're probably going to lose your job. Well, these younger people don't realize that. You know, they think jobs are just rights. You know, they listen to these Democrats all the time. You know, you got a right to everything, and they think they got rights to jobs. It's like, sorry, you don't show up, you don't get to keep your job. If you don't do a good job, if you don't work hard, if you don't do what's been asked of you, you don't get to keep your job. If you're dishonest, and then they, you know, they grow up their whole life. They never really had choices and they never really dealt with any consequences whenever they did do bad things. And then they go in the real world and listen, your kids, I don't care how merciful you are, how nice you think you are, the world is not going to be as nice to them. I mean, they can go and you can let them get away with murder at home, but they're not going to get away with murder out in the world. Okay? You can let them get away with being lazy at home and doing nothing but sit around and play video games and watch TV. But one of these days they're gonna have they're gonna go out and they're gonna get a job and if they don't do their job they are going to get fired and then if they go and they get their own place you might let them get away with things you might buy them everything they need and give them money for every little thing and not make them work it or or work for it or earn it but you know what when they go out on their own and they start signing up for you know maybe rent or Uh, You know, cell phones or cable or whatever, and they don't pay their bills, did you know they're going to shut their phones off? I mean, young people all the time. They're going to shut off my electricity. What am I going to do? They're going to shut off my electricity. Can you believe they're going to shut off my electricity? Well, yeah, you didn't pay your bill. That's usually what happens. Oh, I can't believe they do that. They have no right to do that. They have no right to shut off my cell phone, to shut off my cable. It's Super Bowl Sunday. I have a right to be able to watch the Super Bowl. No, you don't pay your bills. They're going to shut those things off. You don't get to have those things. And they... What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You are now experiencing real life for the first time. There are consequences for not fulfilling your responsibility. There are consequences for not doing the things that you were supposed to do. And as parents, you were the ones that were supposed to teach them that you were supposed to hand out the consequences and make them deal with it. And they were supposed to learn from that, so they would say, "Next time, I'm going to do what I was supposed to do." And unfortunately, many people are learning these lessons way too late. And you know, what? you can get to the point, you can get to the point where it's too late to learn those lessons because. Uh, if you haven't learned some of these things by the time you're in your 20s or 30s, you are probably never going to learn anything. And you're just going to be a loser for the rest of your life. And the most important thing I believe we can do as a parent is raise them in an environment that they will want to come back to if they ever leave. See, many Christians' homes today, they're just as miserable as the world's. And I I I think that's a tragedy, but there are Christian people today. Their homes are just as miserable. I mean, it's just as big of a war zone there as it is in the rest of the world. And if they've never experienced a happy home, then whenever they do get in trouble, the last place they're going to do is come back to you. They're just going to go try something else different again. You see, Adam and Eve, after they got sent out of the Garden of Eden, remember, God had to put... A cherubim with a flaming sword to keep them out of the garden of Eden. Why is that? Well, I think they wanted to go back, didn't they? Obviously they couldn't in that situation. But do you remember in the story of the prodigal son? After his father gave him the choice, after he made the wrong choice, after he suffered the consequences for a long time, that prodigal son finally was like, Wait a minute. I could go back to my father. I would be better off being a servant in my father's house than being where I'm at now. And you know what he did? He went back. Because it was obviously a good place. It was better than the hog pen. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are some, there. are I've known some Christian people that I think I'd rather live in a hog pen than their homes. Their homes were that miserable. There was that much turmoil there. And they wonder why they lose their kids. And their kids do. They go out in the world and they get in all kinds of trouble. Their lives are miserable. Oh, I don't know why my kids won't come back. I don't know why they won't come back to church. You know why? Because they were just as miserable living with you at home as they are out in the hog pen right now. But the prodigal son, it wasn't like that for him. He knew there was a place that he could go back to. And as parents, you can be the perfect parent, but your kids can still make wrong choices. There are no ways that I've figured out yet where you can make sure all your kids make the right choices when they grow up. Okay? If if you all figured out that secret, let me know. Okay? Because I haven't figured it out yet. I've known some really good parents that turned out really sorry kids. and And I don't think it was the parents' fault. The kids just made really bad choices. But you know what I've seen many times? People who were good parents that raised their kids right and then the kids made bad choices, eventually... The kids knew where they could go back to. They knew where they could find happiness. And that's really all you can do as a parent. We cannot you know, make our kids do everything we want them to do for their whole lives. So, in the meantime, we need to give them some choices, see how they respond to those things, train them, instruct them, teach them. And most of all, make sure your home is a happy place. Make sure that it is something that somebody would want to come back to and pray with all your heart that they won't ever go out into the hog pen. But they might. We can't can't stop them. Not everybody makes the right choice. I mean, look what God gave Adam and Eve. God put them in paradise. They still made the wrong choice, didn't they? Was God a bad father to them? No. But He gave them a choice and they made the wrong one. And we've got and the prodigal's father i believe he was he was a good father but his son made the wrong choice but then, but thankfully he came back and so if you i believe i believe that's all we can do i'm not up here telling you the way you can turn out good kids 100% of the time it would be wrong for me to do that i haven't even raised kids completely yet but i hope i hope they all make right choices but if they don't i at least want them to always know if they ever do find themselves in a hog pen or miserable i want them to know how to be happy i want them to know how to be successful and so i believe i can do that not by just giving them commands and cracking them you know cracking the whip and trying to put them in a prison okay, where they can never leave you're never allowed to leave until you're 30 and you have proved that you know how to be a man, you can make the right choices. Now I can make that rule as a father right now, and I can convince my kids that there is no chance of them getting out of my house until they're thirty. But eventually, somebody's going to let the cat out of the bag that when they're eighteen, I can't make them do that anymore, and they could they could leave. And I would prefer that not happen. So I think I'm going to maybe I should practice right now, give them some choices, see how they do, watch them, train them. instruct them them, and then hopefully they'll do the right thing and if they don't hopefully someday they will get right and come back and so I hope that was a help to you tonight so let's all stand together with that choices and consequences you all know it, you've all made bad